Hey folks, welcome back to Your Calling Podcast, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. I'm your host, Chelsea, and you know, the last couple episodes I put out, I was editing because I was really trying to make them a certain number of minutes. I didn't want to take up too much of anybody's time. But what I realized is a lot of times when I'm listening to podcasts, I actually am looking to the podcast for either information or as a way to feel like I'm with people, that I am a part of that conversation, or that I don't feel quite as lonely. Maybe that's just a weird confession that I just made. But I live alone and I'm single, so I am often listening to a podcast or music as a way to keep me company. So I decided that I'm going to leave in everything from the conversations that I have, the silences, the ums, the likes, all of it. So you're going to be getting raw, uncut versions of this podcast because I want you to feel like you're hanging out with me and whoever I'm talking to that day. You, like, let's be friends. So that's that. No more edits. You're going to hear it all. So without further delay, here it is, me and Madison. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your third episode now of Your Calling Podcast. I have a few announcements to make before we invite our guest in today. One of them is that there are two episodes now up on Spotify. The link is in my bio on the Your Calling Podcast uh, link. So you can go there, it's going to bring you straight to Spotify, and you can listen to those two episodes there. Other than that, you know, it's been a lot of learning and jam-packed reflection as I'm learning a new skill and I'm having a lot of fun with everybody who's decided to join as guests. And we have a pretty cool lineup coming over the next four weeks. Today is going to be a woman who is the co-founder of a nonprofit, which is called Bitches and Barrels, where she takes women out uh, into the water in a comfortable environment to learn how to surf and just be in nature together. And she also just started a business called Sisterhood Apothecary. She co-founded that with uh, a partner. So without further delay, I'm going to bring in Madison. Am I going to, though? Maddie, can you request to join? Have you done that yet? 
Another thing that we're doing with Your Calling, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, what we're trying to do is pair people together, um, people who have different skills that might be able to help each other out. So one thing that was actually already called on was with our uh, my previous guest from last week. She's an author and a poet. Her name is Felicia Kears. And she has requested to have some help with somebody who knows about SEOs. So if you're that person and you want to learn anything from an author, then um, yeah, you can connect with her on her Instagram. It's underscore Felicia Kears. And you can also just go straight through me and I will send the message over. Okay, so here's Madison. Hello. Hi. I've never been the one like getting requested. I've always been the one sending the request. <clears throat> so I don't really know what to do. No, that's great. Perfect timing. It actually gave me the space to say something that I'd forgotten about. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? It's going so good. I got a nice little sunburn today. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I know I could see that too. <laughs> so red. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love for you to fill in the blanks. So I just talked about sisterhood and pictures and barrels, and you're so much more than that. So tell people a few more things about you before we go on. Sure. Um, So yeah, so I co-founded Bitches and Barrels. I want to say it was like five years ago now, um, started as a business, transitioned into a nonprofit. Um, and then me and my friend Riley just started Sisterhood Apothecary. Um, technically started it last year, officially launched about a month ago. Um, I'm also a mom to a one and a half year old. So that's been like pretty all encompassing in the last year and a half. Um, and I'm a big outdoor adventurer. So um, obviously I surf. Um, I love cycling and cycle touring, um, hiking, basically any anything I can do outside and to push myself I'm pretty big into so the island's kind of a perfect spot um I love cooking I love learning um got like a full audible list right now um definitely biggest recommendation to new moms out there it's so hard to find time to read so if you want to keep learning audible is going to be your best friend yeah I don't know. I guess I guess those are like all of the things that I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's totally a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's just jump in with the present. What's going yeah. on right now for you? What are you moving through? Um, keeping all of these things that you've started, keeping them going. Yeah. How How are you doing it, and what are you moving through? Um, yeah, so I was like, I was kind of reflecting on these things. So I know we had talked a lot about like, tools and challenges. And so definitely, this has been a big year of transition, um, having this business and, you know, we're running, I believe it's seven trips this year, we had to cancel one due to COVID, um, just because the regulations didn't change in time. 
Um, so it's really busy, but I'm really lucky that I have this like incredible community around me and that's been super helpful. Um, so yeah, I'm getting through this time by taking things day by day. Um, I have a really good planner. <laughs> I write everything out in, um, and I've really through motherhood, I've really learned to ask for help. Um, and one thing that's been great, I was thinking about, you know, challenges with bitches and barrels um, is when we transitioned over to a nonprofit, we brought on a board of directors um, that are some incredible women with these really like diverse, amazing skills. And um, so they've really stepped in, especially since I had Finn, because in the beginning it was Mel and I running all of these trips. So I was going to school, working part time and also running you know, four or five trips a year. And it was pretty crazy. And then these incredible women came on and, um, and so now I'll run three trips this year and the girls will help Mel run the other trips. So definitely, yeah, asking for support has been massive and even just asking for help with Finn, um, when I need to get some work done has been huge. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's still, I'm in the learning process. I'm juggling many balls. Sometimes I drop a few, um, but I'm like learning to figure out how to make time and space for things and and be present for each of them. Cause that's kind of the problem, right? Is I was having this issue where like work and Finn and everything was like overlapping and I felt like I wasn't giving enough attention to any of it. And so I'm, I'm really trying to focus on being like, okay, this is your time with Finn this is your time to work on sisterhood. This is your like time to focus on bitches and barrels and anything that needs to be done there. Um, so yeah, breaking those into separate kind of categories and trying to be present with each of them has been, is what I'm working on right now. I really like that being able to be present with each of them because I ran into this not that long ago as well, that I was doing so many things, but I was half there for all of them. Yeah. Not, nothing got my full attention. And somebody gave me this advice, and I'm going to speak it out here. Um, it was, it's my boss at Gaia. Her name is Amrita, and she said this to me. I'm not sure where she got it from. Um, glass balls and plastic balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if anybody, I don't know if this is like a common thing, but she was the first one who introduced me to this concept about how we're always juggling a lot of balls. But the glass ones, if you drop them, they shatter and create a mess to clean up. And you don't know if you can put them back the same. But sure. if you drop a plastic ball, it's just going to bounce away and potentially roll and you can pick it up and get it back in the rotation of juggling. So Definitely. when like thinking about making a to-do list now, um, something that I do for myself and I've done with clients is breaking up the, okay, this is my glass ball to-do list. This is my plastic ball to-do list. And then yes. I notice if something stays in the plastic ball to-do list for a very long time, like cleaning my closet or something. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is now like, this is now going into the other category. Yeah. Um, but when I actually pared it down to like, on a daily basis what those glass balls were it helped me so much to be able to be realistic with what i can give on my output because even with energy how much you can actually give in a day 
you can work for 16 hours, but how much of that is actually getting you? 100%, for sure, yeah. So I can really relate to that. I feel like I've moved through that um, quite a bit and definitely still working on it. Um, but I think that's just such a beautiful, I think it's such a beautiful aspiration to want to be present in every moment. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important and to take your like glass plastic ball thing a step further is I remember reading this one thing because definitely nothing will bring you into the present moment like a toddler. Like if you, if you are not paying attention, if you're on your phone, if you are trying to write an email, they're going to lose it. Like Finn will like physically like take my hands and like put them on his toys and be like, play trucks. And you're like, okay. Um, so, but one thing that I really loved this mom was talking about, she was like, you know, a lot of people are like, your kids always come first. hundred percent. They're always first all the time. And, and this mom was like, well, no, like if, if I'm doing like a work thing that will eventually lead to like a better outcome for my family, then maybe I have to miss one soccer game or my kid gets takeout one night instead of getting a home cooked meal. And so it's this idea of like, yes, there's glass and they're plastic and they're in each category. Yes. Um, and so, you know, being able to look in each category and be like, okay, in this category, Yes, did Finn have, you know, like a granola bar or whatever instead of like a homemade granola bar today? Fine, whatever. It doesn't matter if I needed to prioritize my self-care and I didn't have time last night to do that because instead I took care of myself, I exercised, I did yoga, something like that that kind of helped my mental health. That is going to like turn around and benefit him in the future. And so, yeah, just even within those categories, looking at what's really important, what's like the make or break things. And so for me, if I have to do something else to make sure that I'm present with him, then that's really important to me that, yeah, if that makes sense, sorry. It makes so much sense. <laughs> I, I really love that. And as I was moving through, like, the busyness that I had been through over the last, I guess the last few years, I felt pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> and so moving through those times and having a certain set of standards, I really like that you brought in the granola bar thing, because I can resonate with that very deeply. So yeah. when I was thinking about as a nutritionist, thinking about preparing my own food, um, I had gotten some pre-made salads at one point and yeah. um, like a pre-made dressing and a squash to make. Like I'd made this meal and I remember looking, oh, and um, some pre-made guac. Like I, I got all these things that I hadn't, what I'd been sacrificing was um, really had been healthy food because I was putting my foot on the break to buy these pre-made things. Yeah. So then I would find myself so hungry that I would be reaching for whatever. <laughs> and it was like, well, I have no time to do it. So I'm just going to reach for whatever's in my cupboard. But then I went to the grocery store and I finally decided to buy, you know, 
these pre-made things. And then I started getting back into the groove of eating healthier again and making space for that because I had the energy to do it. And also letting go of the standards, these standards that I don't know where they came from. It came from this like, okay, so I'm a nutritionist and I'm, I, as a nutritionist, I have to make every guacamole that I ever eat for the rest of my life, make every hummus that I ever eat and have all these different, these different standards that I'd set for myself. And I think that we have all these invisible standards that we've set that we end up just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot along the way. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if I had advice to, you know, entrepreneurs or, and most entrepreneurs are juggling multiple jobs um, and especially you throw a kid in there, it gets real crazy. It's just like, let go of the guilt over anything. Like let it go. Your house is not always going to be clean. Your food is not always going to be homemade. Um, Your kid might watch a little bit of TV. Yeah, your partner might not get the affection that they (laughs) wanted that day. Um, Yeah, there's, there's things that are going to fall away and you just have to like, not just be like, okay, well, this is never a thing I do anymore, but just acknowledge like, I'm going through a season right now that's really unattainable to me um, and I'll bring it back in in whatever way I can or ask for help and that's that's the other side of it I've had friends you know people are like oh you're postpartum for like six weeks after I was like I had friends bringing me meals at like seven or eight months postpartum because we were going through hard times and nobody was sleeping and all of that ask for help if you need it Yeah, so I love that you said ask for help. And this took me a long time to personally be able to do. And even when I did ask for the help, it took me a long time to be able to accept it. It was like (laughs) all these stages that I went through. Yeah. So can you, I would love to hear about what asking for help allowed you to accomplish? Um, honestly, I would, I would have to say that asking for help kind of kept me sane, honestly, like you can't do everything, but I will try. And so when I finally hit some breaking points, that's when I asked for help. Like this isn't, I got comfortable asking for help around the birth of my child. Um, I read books on it, all of that. And I was like, okay, for sure, in this period. But then I hit this point where I was like, I shouldn't be asking for help anymore. Like, I should be good now. I can handle this now. Um, And then it took some breakdowns to be like, you're not good. Like, you're not taking care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your child. You can't run these businesses. You can't do all of that. And... Yeah, so by being able to, you know, occasionally ask friends to step in and watch Finn um, or to make my family a meal or something like that, it allowed me the space to get some work done or even sometimes just like go for a walk by myself and like take a deep breath um, so I could return back home 
and be able to be present and not be frustrated and irritated and and all of that. So it's honestly asking for help has just allowed all these aspects of my life to kind of thrive. Um, And I still don't do it probably as often as I should, but my friends also call me out on it now, which is nice. Um, I love that. they, They see when I'm flailing right? Like, and they're like, how about I just come and I take Finn for a walk for a couple hours? Or, you know, we moved two times in the last six months with a one and a half year old, which was hard. And I was like, just like overwhelmed with the amount of support that was offered, whether it was like, do you need our truck? Do you need help moving? Do you need help unpacking? You know, Riley, my business partner for Sisterhood, she helped us clean our old house because um, our babysitter fell through on the the closing day of our old house. And so she, like, came over and she helped Mo clean and, like, went and got us dinner and, like, all of these things. She really stepped up and... So yeah, I think also having a community around you that can like see when you need it and when you're not asking for it. She sometimes will just be like, uh, have you eaten today? And she'll just like come over with food and be like, I feel like you need meat. You seem depleted. Um, You just need friends like that. That's yeah. And so it just allows me to continue on basically. Yeah. So with, sisterhood and bitches and barrels um were you at asking for help stage when you were starting these or were you still like doing everything on your own no i mean bitches and barrels is kind of like an anomaly as far as like businesses go so mel and i had no intention of starting anything really we were working together at mount equipment co-op and one night we were working on a project together and we just got to talking about like surfing with our boyfriends or with guy friends and how we were always being dragged into stuff that was like too big for us and not really being encouraged the way that we needed to be encouraged or supported the way we needed to be supported. Um, And we were just kind of over it and there was no other women in the water and we constantly felt intimidated And so we're like, oh, man, we should just organize a girls' trip. And so we did. And we went to Tofino with just a bunch of girls, like, friends from work and stuff. And it was so fun. We had such a good weekend. And it was just so nice when you have, like, eight girls in the water and you're cheering each other on. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, a totally different vibe out there. And uh, and so then – a few months later there was a grant that came up through Mount Equipment Co-op and we applied for it and we got it and so we were like okay well let's like test run if we were going to run a surf trip like for other people what would this look like and so we included lessons we had Brianna Bradley come and shoot photography for us in the water we had communal dinners Um, And we all camped together. And it was, again, so fun. Everybody loved it. And so we're like, I wonder if this is, like, a thing we can do. Like, we started getting emails and stuff from people being like, hey, I heard you run these surf trips. And we were like, do we, though? Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
we we ran a couple, but it was like for our friends and they're like, how do we get on? Like, I, this is exactly what I need and all this. And so we're like, okay. And so we like organized a couple for the next year. Um, and yeah, it just kind of grew on its own. And so we eventually got to a point we had no other option than to ask for help because it just kept growing and Mel and I couldn't do it on our own. Like it, it's a lot of work running these trips. So much work goes into it. Um, I'm really lucky. Melissa's like the most like organized, amazing with Excel sheet kind of person, which is not really how I operate. And um, so, yeah, but between the two of us, we were running all of these trips on our own. In the beginning, we were paying the same amount as the participants to go on the trips. And so we were essentially paying for four surf trips a year to be able to take other women out on surf trips. And so we just reached this like sustainability tipping point where we were like, we, we can't do it on our own anymore. And so, and we needed other perspectives, you know, it's really important to have other people's input. And so our board of directors really does that for us. So not only do they help us run trips, but they, um, you know, we have a grant writer who's amazing. She's helped us apply for grants. We have um, one girl is like amazing. This woman is amazing at social media. She does all of our social media for us. And she's a really incredible photographer. So she does a lot of our like product photography for our partners. Uh, we've got a marine biologist who down the line, we want to start like blogging more about sustainability and environmental impacts. Um, and then we've got an interior designer slash brand, um, brand builder, something. She did all this this year, had branding. She's incredible. Um, and so she, you know, weighs in on our t-shirt designs and has really helped us with like our logo design and our colors and making sure that like our social media looks really good. And um, yeah, she brings this like aesthetic touch that like Mel and I just didn't have. And so we needed all of these people to kind of make bitches and barrels what it was. When it was me and Mel, we were flying by the seat of our pants. Like I shit you not, we had no idea what we were doing. We were just like show up to a trip and be like, oh, well, this goes well. like. <laughs> You know, no, this like, was like an accident business. It was an accident, 100%. And it was just like by popular demand had to turn into a business. So yeah. Then. yeah, this is the dream. Well, kind of. So part of the reason why we've had to transition it to a nonprofit is like one of our pillars is that we we really want them to be accessible. And so we don't charge very much for these chips. Um, we basically cover our costs plus a little bit of the behind the scenes cost. So we're like the best volunteers in the world. So it's a business, like the amount of business or the amount of work that goes into operating a business, but done by essentially a bunch of volunteers. So yeah, we're still trying to figure that part out because we've we've never wanted this to be this thing that the average person couldn't afford to go on. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of a point we're at right now where we're trying to figure out how we can keep growing 
um, but also pay ourselves, pay the girls on the board because they're doing so much work for us. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at right now. But it's busy. Everybody's into it, and we're excited. We make really cool shirts. Um, so that's part of one of our profits. Um, and, yeah, we're just lucky. We used to throw, pre-COVID, we would just throw these, like, massive ragers and that's how we would make a lot of our money we just throw huge parties and we'd have amazing raffles and yeah people could buy we'd make like a dinner and that's that's how we started making <laughs> that sounds amazing though it sounds so organic and as somebody myself who has started a business that really it it did not grow this organically. I'm still working very hard at growing this business. Okay. Well, I was going like, you know, it's like you get those highs and you get some good news and then you kind of are like, okay, I'm like plateauing for a while and then you get the highs because the good news and then you start to burn out because you've been working so hard. So it's like, if it sounds like you were kind of just running on a high with bitches and barrels, was there any room for self doubt or were you just like, go, go, go. And we're having a good time and this is working or did you have to move through anything personally? I don't think so, but I, you know, it's it, but, it was, but it was different. Right. So sisterhood is totally different. Like sisterhood, I'm moving through all of the things, but because Bitches and Barrels was never really meant to be a business. It was meant to be this, like, fun thing. So we were kind of like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, no sweat off our backs. Like, you know, we weren't doing this thing because we we wanted it to be a business. We wanted to be able to, like, have it be our livelihood. There was no... We were just kind of like, this is really cool. We just get to go surfing with chicks all the time. It is the best. This is kind of a good lesson. Like, what you're talking about right now is kind of, like, this is this is a great lesson in its own. Yeah. You were having a great time. You obviously yeah. looked like you were having a good time. You attracted a bunch of people. You sure. found something that was needed. People obviously wanted it. Like, yeah. you did everything Right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into sisterhood then. Okay. I think for most people, they're not, you know, growing a business like this magic garden that you grew, which is yeah. bits and barrels. So you just sprinkle surf wax on it and everything grows. Exactly. So yeah. with sisterhood, tell us some stories about just maybe some things that you've gone through that you were able to work through and then some things that you're still working through. Yeah. So, I mean, sisterhood was kind of, so it's this brainchild of me and my business partner, um, Riley. And so we went to school together and we, I don't know about you. I was like thinking about this today, but when we were learning about like, menstrual health and reproductive health in school I felt like I was like studying a different species I was like what like how do I not know this about my body it was wild and I mean I, I went to catholic school and like they were basically like look if you have sex there's this egg that's just chilling in your uterus all the time and like you're 100% going to get an STI for sure 
I'm probably pregnant every time you have sex. And so we were just like, oh, God. And uh, so, like, yeah, I just, I honestly, I learned nothing about my body. I was put on birth control at 16 because my mom was a teen mom. I didn't even have sex until I was 19. I was literally on the pill for three years for no reason. Um, So, yeah, school was, like, this big thing I went through, and Riley kind of went through it, too. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm 28. I've come off the birth, off birth control, and I want to get pregnant in the next couple of years. And so I started this whole journey of, like, figuring out my body, understanding fertility, cycle tracking, all of the things. And I was fascinated by it. And was like, I need to tell everybody, <laughs> like, I need to tell all of the women about the body. Like, it's crazy what it does. And you don't have to take birth control if you don't want to. You have options. And like, let's talk about that. And um, yeah, so Riley and I had been having these conversations for so long. And we both wanted to work within menstrual and reproductive health. And so we were like, okay, we want to have our private practices, but we also want to make medicine that is more accessible to a general population. And we also think that education is a big part of all of this. Like if we don't understand our bodies, how can we advocate for ourselves within the medical system and how, how can we understand how to feel good or how do we even know when we feel bad? Like we're, we're taught to normalize all of these, these symptoms that we go through with hormonal imbalance. And, you know, you're just supposed to be cranky. You're supposed to be in pain when you get your period. It's like supposed to be uncomfortable. And you're like, actually that's not true. Um, so yeah, we had all these conversations had some margaritas, came up with a plan. Yeah, last summer was like the summer of margaritas and and dreaming. And so we were like, okay, we're going to launch in November. And so we had started these conversations in like March, right there. Like, it takes way longer to build a business. Like, what were, but I was like, well, I don't know, I built a business before and it took off in like a month. And so, yeah, we <laughs> we were just like, okay, we'll just, like, hire a graphic designer. They'll, like, throw everything together. By, like, November, we'll, like, launch our products. We'll, like, build a website. No big deal. It's so hard. There's so many details. Insurance, like, business licenses, name registrations, all of these these little pieces that are not fun. And so that was, like, the first section of it was like, okay, we have to get all of the things we don't like out of the way and we have to figure out how to do all those things. And that's asking for help. We messaged a million people. How do we do this? Where did you get this? Where should I go? Sourcing bottles, sourcing labels, blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of our first thing is just figuring out what we actually had to do to be a business to have a domain name, to start our social media, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and there's just, yeah, there's so many of these like minute details. And you're, you're putting so much energy and love 
and money into this business that you're like, I don't want to make the wrong decision. And so you start scrutinizing every single detail. Um, totally. I can relate to that. And while scrutinizing every single detail, allowing other people's, allowing, um, even if people aren't saying it too directly, I found I had like a panel of people in my head that I thought about, oh, this person would think this about that, or they wouldn't like this, or they would think this was whatever, fill in the blank. And sure. so not only are you like scrutinizing every decision, you're having to talk about it with a business partner, but then you're going through your own panel of people in your head that I don't even know where these people come from or why their opinion matters. Yeah. Um, or the opinion of so many people who aren't doing what you're doing and don't know your vision or your mission. Um, yeah. I, I really found that when trying to make some of those decisions and that was so much, um, I don't want to say wasted, but I think it might be the word. I think it was just wasted energy. It is. And, and Riley and I are lucky. We've, there's been like so few things we've disagreed on. I actually can't even think of anything off the top of my head. Like when we were going through branding and stuff and we were presented with things, we almost always were like, yeah, that one. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But it's, it's making those like trusting your first, your gut instinct and being like, okay, that's what we chose. It's good. And not going back and being like, but what if, and like, but who, what would they think? Or like, yeah. Yeah, and so Riley and I, we got good at being like, okay, we both agree on this. Let's, like, leave it. Maybe one of us would be like, are you sure we should have done that? We're like, look, we already picked it. And so (laughs) we already made a pact where that's in the past. That's in the past now. And also by the end, like, so then after our November date passed, and then we're like, okay, for sure, like January. And then we were still nowhere close in January. And so all of a sudden we're picking between like five shades of like beige, right? For like, for like our business cards. And I remember getting to this point where I was like, Riley, you just pick. I just don't care. It's like, I don't have that. Riley picks. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. I guess we'll call that asking for help again. I just I like love that. I, I love that point though. I think for anybody who is deciding to start a business, this is such a salt, like two things that you've brought up that I think are brilliant are one asking for help, like, yeah. it, like for support, like you were saying, even just personal support of having somebody cook for you, but also like, how did you do this? Because for me personally, if somebody asked me how to start a business right now, I would be able to send them very quickly four links of things that could get them directly there. For so sure. it's if somebody just asked me, I have it in a document in two seconds to get their business name registered, to get the insurance, to get all these things that I would recommend. Yeah. So that would have saved me. I, I probably researched these things for, a, you know, about a week trying to figure out what, where would I do this? How would I do that? So asking for help, it not only cut on time, but it takes somebody one second to just send something over. And then the wisdom that somebody who's already been through what you're doing can give to you in that moment. Yeah. So asking for help and then the details. I want to focus on details and 
I, it's hard for me to say this, but I'm, I full-heartedly believe it is not in the details in these situations. It's not. We scrutinized over our website so hard. Totally. And we just got to a point where it was like, just launch. Just fucking make it live. It doesn't, like, it's okay if the font is not the exact font that you want. Like, we couldn't figure out how to upload our our Adobe font yeah. to our website. And we, just, we were like, it just doesn't matter. Nobody, like... Who's going on our website? I'll be getting over it a little bit, though. (laughs) Like, the Virgo in me is, like, having such a hard time. But it's, like, nobody is looking at my business card and holding it up to my website and being, like, this font is a little off. Not quite the same. Um, So, yeah, I don't know where I read it, but it was kind of, like, done is better than perfect sometimes. Oh, Totally. Um, also, I don't know if this is the person, but Elizabeth Gilbert has a really beautiful part in her book called Big Magic. It's all about creativity and about keeping creativity flowing and open and how to do that. And she just talks about how she was finishing one of her books and she got up and she was just like screaming at creative energy being like, why won't you let me finish this? And it was like, it's done. Like, yeah. You're the only one not allowing it to be finished. Like, for sure. Done. Yep. Sometimes you just got to release that baby into the world and you can always change it and you can always like fix it later. Um, but yeah, that was like a big hurdle. I'm a big overthinker. Um, this is one thing where it can be really good to have a business partner that is kind of the opposite of you not to say that melissa with bitches and barrels and riley with sisterhood don't overthink things but they overthink different things than i do and so like mel and i joke that she's going to make me a bracelet that says what would melissa do um because there's been so many situations where i'm like oh my god we like got this email from this girl and she thinks this and what is she gonna and mel's like maddie it doesn't matter it's fine we'll sort it out it's not a big deal like she's gonna be fine with it and like here i've lost a night's sleep over it you know like it's really good to have somebody that you can like call in those moments and be like here's this thing that i'm blowing up in my brain is it a big deal and somebody to be like no like nobody's gonna die <laughs> like a girl just wants to bring her dog on a trip and she's not allowed like <laughs> that's it it's, did that's you the whole thing. <laughs> always have did you always have friendships like that because what i hear you describing right now is trusted friendships community yeah. of people that will call you the fuck out when you need to be called out okay. and they won't like they won't sink into your your own bullshit that is really self-sabotaging and so I hear you saying that you have really trusted friends I did do you have that I think I think I did to a point but I think it's become better in in my like late 20s early 30s in that I think me and all of my friends have matured to a point that we can call each other out on shit and we can call ourselves out on shit you know like 
we can have hard conversations. We can be more vulnerable. We've done a little bit more work on ourselves. And so, and I think that you also, you set the tone in your friendships for that. And so like one thing that has really helped me. So I'm, I'm a chronic overthinker. Like I do not say that lately. I will walk away from a conversation and two days later still be thinking about it and be like, I wonder if that person didn't text me back because now they're mad at me because they said this thing. And so one thing that I do now, and I started this with another really good girlfriend probably like five years ago, and now I've brought it into all of my relationships, is anytime I'm building a story in my head about anything, I just ask the person. And... It's vulnerable and it sucks. It sucks to have to message somebody and be like, hey, I noticed you didn't message me back and I've created this story that you're mad at me about something and maybe it's not true, but can you just message me back and put an end to the story so I can move on? (laughs) And then people will always respond really genuinely and be like, I'm really sorry that I made you feel that way or that you made yourself feel that way based on what you said or thought or something but no that's not the case so let it go and but what it does is it it opens up this space for more vulnerable conversations when you've let yourself be that open and vulnerable other people will also have more vulnerable conversations with you um and have conversations with you yeah and also like the opportunity to be like yeah actually I'm kind of pissed at you right now yeah yeah there's also that and it's like Mm -hmm. okay perfect can we talk about that let's talk about that yeah yeah actually there's there's something you did that did rub me the wrong way and maybe in the future this is how we could communicate these things better um and you know Riley and I have had those conversations I I think it's weird if you've been in a friendship for you know, five plus years, and you've never had to have a hard conversation. Like, we're, we're all people. And when you spend that much time with each other, you're probably going, especially if you're starting a business with somebody, you're going to annoy each other in some way. <laughs> That's yeah, point. I mean, if you're starting, I'm thinking if you're starting a business, if you're starting a relationship, if you're like all these different things. So I think what I hear you saying is that you allow yourself to be open to whatever may come with the people around you. So people don't have the pressure to have to show up a certain way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it easier to ask for help, to be, to be low around people, to admit that you're not doing well and all of that. So Um, yeah, I think that that has led to more trusting relationships because if you can put yourself out there vulnerably and somebody shows up for you, um, you're like, okay, like I can, I can trust you. I can like trust you with these feelings. I can trust you with whatever. And so that's, I think that's how I've developed these really incredible male and female relationships. Yeah. So, I learned a lot of this in my relationship too with Mo. Yeah. And it sounds like essentially this is what you're doing with a business too. You're putting out, you've put out two things now that you've put a lot of your trust into. Like these um, sisterhood and bitches and barrels both 
have a lot of your vision and missions intertwined and your own personal values baked into these businesses. So I feel like it, it sounds like you've had some practice being really vulnerable because these things are all out there for people to do what they will with. And yeah, that's vulnerable for people. I mean, you essentially just launched Sisterhood really not that long ago. Definitely. So, And I've said on multiple occasions to people, like, this is releasing this product line has been the most vulnerable thing I think I've ever done. Like, it's, it's a, a baby. So <laughs> I just had a baby, but that's something I'm like way more comfortable with. Like I will tell you everything about my birth and my body and that stuff doesn't, yeah. that's a whole other conversation though around like, yeah, putting out a, a product or a business, I feel like can just be judged on, on a different level. And especially I think for me, it's been really vulnerable with my peers, like so many of the people so far, we're, we still have a small following, um, are other acupuncturists, nutritionists, herbalists, and you're you're just like, oh god, like, <laughs> what do they think? And I, yeah, that's been really vulnerable for me. I think it's because I have a thing around like intelligence and, and coming off as seeming intelligent and put together having my life together and I think that yeah but that's a whole other story it's a whole other childhood divergent thing yeah but I think well not I think I can totally relate to those things coming out when you decide to live out loud when you decide to live publicly um when you decide to like Brene Brown would say live in the arena like yeah, yeah. You're taking chances and part of what you want to do is be out there. So the only way to do it is to actually go out there to put these things out and see how people respond and, and just keep working at it and just allow your big open heart and babies to just be like walking around be like, these are my businesses. And yeah, I think, I think that is what I was the most surprised about. Um, That's what I was the most surprised about. I thought it would be starting would be hard. Figuring out how to do the logistics would be hard. Um, Figuring out, you know, those beforehand steps would be difficult. But what turned out for me to be the most difficult thing was to just be like, I started this thing. I think it's a good idea. Maybe you will too. you know yeah definitely um and you know you were talking about you go through like a high and then you kind of go through like a bit of a low or you like plateau for a little bit and so something that I've recently been finding really challenging especially because in the summer um a lot of it's pretty notorious, like a lot of like herbalist and nutritionist business slows down a bit, people are feeling good, they're out, they're on vacation, all that. So things have slowed down a little bit. And even though like my rational brain is like, you're like, you're good at your job. People are just feeling good. They're out, they're busy. You're also flaking on your appointments. 
like everybody's in the same boat it's hard not to like go down the rabbit hole of like did i do something wrong am i not good enough am i do i need to do more do i need to change something do i need to like yeah it's you you go down this rabbit hole of self-doubt or at least i do and i need to like pull myself back out of it and be like everything's fine there's gonna be a high again you know every time i have a good month i'm like but what if that was a fluke <laughs> what if that never happens again you know um and so it's like reassuring myself and being like nope that can happen again you're like doing good <laughs> stick it's funny with how it imposter syndrome can take away all of the hard work Oh, 100%. It takes, it takes imposter syndrome to just, like, wipe out all of these things that you had previously done. It's like, no, it couldn't have been your marketing. It couldn't have been, it, it couldn't have been, like, launching the company. It couldn't have been all these different things that you've been working at this for actually so long. Yeah. And it's like, rather than just accepting that you've, figured something out in a really big way and it's great and to keep going and whatever aligned in the way that it did but doing whatever you possibly can to not give yourself the credit oh that, 100%. oh you just you like nailed the marketing this month or something yeah those lines. oh you just happened like a couple people recommended you this month but maybe that won't happen again <laughs> don't get used to it you know like yeah the self i would say the self-confidence thing has probably been the hardest part not so much of like sisterhood sisterhood a little bit but of my private practice for sure because that's that's actually its own business technically i have two businesses and a nonprofit. um because i do private consults as well and you know sisterhood i can be like okay well it's just the market right now or whatever but with my consult business i'm like no that's me like I am the business. And so, yeah, going down that rabbit hole sometimes is a little too easy. And it's something that I'm definitely working at. And yeah, for me, like meditation has been really huge for that, getting really centered um, and just like not allowing my anxiety to flare up has been like a huge part of keeping that under wraps. Can you tell us about your meditation, um, your like easiest go-to meditation, and then anything else that you're doing to help keep your anxiety at bay right now as you're like moving through these things? For sure. So um, I really like guided meditations if I can, um, because I do have a really busy brain. So I I like hearing somebody talk. Um, so I have like an aloe moves account that I also do yoga and stuff from but they've got some meditations on there and I usually only do like 10 minutes I don't do long meditations I don't really have time for that um but if I don't have that if I'm just like out and about and just need to like bring it back in I do um box breathing so just the like four to six seconds in hold out hold so I do that until I like feel myself calm down I love um, that one box I love is one box of the breathing. things that I recommend the most because yeah. it is so easy 
and, and so you can do effective. It. And you can do it anywhere. You can be sitting on a park bench, you know, and that's what I love about it. You can have a conversation with somebody and be box breathing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've done it in consults before where I've just been like, no, just bring it down a notch. Um, And then also I love, so I'll do that until I feel myself kind of settle. And then I like doing a body scan. And just like making sure to actively release tension from different areas of my body. So I carry all my tension kind of up here and I clench my stomach. So I start at my feet and then I just kind of move my way up. And I literally, it feels like my body is like melting into the ground as I just like let things go, let my stomach go let my like chest open, my shoulders fall back, my jaw unclench, even like my eyes, I like feel my eyes relax. Um, And so I love kind of doing that. And then usually I'll like after that breathe normally for a little bit. Um, I'll put out like a couple things of gratitude, things that I'm really happy or thankful for that day. and then sometimes I'll I'll put out like a little request, like I just need some guidance or I just need whatever I need in that moment. I'll just kind of ask for it in my head. So more asking for help. I think you're more getting better at this help. than you realize. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting better at it. Um, yeah, so I'll just kind of put it out there, whether it's like I, I need guidance on how to be patient today or how to yeah I don't know lately I've been feeling like a little stuck like creatively a bit stuck and so I'll be like okay I just need some guidance and how to move through this like what is my next step um yeah so that's kind of my go-to and then herbs like obviously I'm a herbalist yeah like I take a lot of herbs I took herbs before this to calm my nerves a little bit and I think I think everybody should be on herbs. <laughs> well, that's, should be on that's herbs. great though. Okay. So what I would love to know then is where can people reach you if they want some of your herbs? Yeah. So um, if you go to sisterhoodapothecary.ca, um, you can find booking links for Riley or I. It takes you directly to um, our Jane and also in the link in my social media um you can book in through there and then you can also order we just released our menstruation line so these tinctures are specifically around menstruation um we have one for easing cramps we have one for like pms bloating and mood and that sort of thing one for like building so if you're feeling really deficient anemic that sort of thing and then one for kind of the opposite if you have really heavy bleeds um or it's great for like post miscarriage or abortion to kind of slow bleeding down and then we've got one called embodied um which is one of my favorite blends i've recently been meditating with it um it's it's got like a lot of nervous system support but then also um it just helps you feel sensation in your body a little bit more so it kind of grounds you. It's a really grounding formula. So it's good for that. And it's also really good for self-pleasure and partner pleasure just because it's um, it's called a 
peripheral vasodilator, so it helps blood flow to the periphery. Um, so just getting blood moving. Is so you're taking good. this internally, like I wouldn't rub it on. <laughs> yeah, no, internally. <laughs> These are all internal tinctures. Okay. Um, although when I was in school, I actually used a lot of the stuff that's in this formula in like a chocolate body butter that was like specifically um, for sexual play. But um, no, this one we've translated into a tincture that you can kind of take anywhere. But yeah, we developed it more around like sexual female embodiment um but turns out it's actually a really good tool for just dropping into your body with meditation so i've been really enjoying it for that okay so um, and it, it's sisterhoodapothecary.ca did you say yeah yeah apothecary.ca Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, if if people need other support, I usually recommend, like, custom custom formulas. So that's kind of seeing me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I work a lot with hormonal imbalances. And also this year, it's just been, like, nervous system, nervous system, nervous system, nervous system. A lot of grief work I've done this year. So helping people who are dealing with, like, big loss. Um and yeah, just supporting the nervous system as we move through like some really tough shit right now, just like as a world of humans, we're just going through some hard stuff. And then also on an individual level, everybody seems to be going through some stuff this year. Herbs, adaptogens, nervines, yeah, all of us. Every new mom should be on herbs. I, I recommend like a lot of herbs for postpartum. Um, it, I definitely found it supportive after I had Finn. Yeah, and, so and I know that you also share some of this on your social media just as information. So yeah. uh, what's your own personal account on social media again? It's just Madison Myatt. Madison Myatt, Myatt with two Ts. Yep. So Yeah, I'm a pretty open, pretty open book. So um, you can read a lot about my journey through motherhood on there. That's been pretty all encompassing recently. Um, yeah. And I love, I get a lot of like questions from women, you know, about postpartum support and I'm like happy, happy to answer questions or yeah, just commiserate on things. Motherhood can be really hard sometimes. Um, good to know that you've got a community out there kind of going through the same shit with you yeah totally yeah. so I, I I'm surprised at always where these kinds of conversations go I feel what we really the theme that came through so strongly is asking for help <laughs> so and much asking for help and building a community which is what my businesses are built on right both of them they that's the common thread through everything I do and a friend kind of called me out on this recently and I hadn't even really put it together is she's like you really like bringing women together and I was like oh I do yeah <laughs> well it's just so ingrained in you that you do it so naturally like you're talking about your first business how it grew so organically and I think like I really had to learn this I did not naturally ever ask for help or reach out for help or want to have a group of people around me I was very much I'm going through struggle I'm gonna be over here I'll come back when I'm good yeah um, and so I really put those barriers between me and 
so many people, which caused a lot of upset in every relationship, whether it be romantic or familial or friends or just anything. It was really difficult. I was only giving a part of myself that I thought was digestible. For sure. And so being that showed the people around me that I also only wanted to see their digestible side. Yeah. Um, and I, I am very grateful that I now have a community around me. Like you're talking about people who will call me out and be like, I don't know, don't really know what you're up to right now, girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Or, you know, what led me to shut down my own um, company. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when everything was so, the, the road was paved from here on out. I had my blades on. The road was paved. Somebody was just going to push me. And I was about to roll down the hill. Things were getting, I was at the easy part. Okay. And... Uh, it was a friend who left a book on my on my car door that said, your life is not a to-do list. And that was just it for me. I was like, oh, man, I, I have been living that way. And if that friend wouldn't have left that book, I wonder how much longer I would have waited in this yeah. situation. And so it sure. really is like we do, like you were talking about having that community of people around you who can step in and be like, when's the last time you ate food? <laughs> you know, yeah, and, exactly. just, and be there with a plate. You know, this book was my friend's offering to be like, hey, when's the last time you've had fun? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And like, you know, I have friends who are like, are you happy? And that's that's a question that I've gotten because I've had some pretty low times since especially since having a kid, it's, it's been hard at times, especially during COVID. And, you know, it puts strains on every aspect of your life, your friendships, your partnerships, your businesses, all of it. And so, you know, I always appreciate when I'm like going on a rant of like, ah, everything is exploding and people will be like, but are you happy? Like at the end of the day, are you happy? Like, can do we need like a really big significant change or is this like a bad week? You know, like how, how do we support you in this? Do we need like a major life change or do you just need like some food? <laughs> and so it's really good to like have people that see you <clears throat> and ask hungry, you thirsty, questions. tired. <laughs> yeah. Hungry, thirsty, tired or do you need to move countries like how bad is it <laughs> I actually I love um I would love to wrap on this I think this is a really beautiful place to learn one more thing about you when you said you know a friend coming to you and saying are you happy or do you need to make a significant change or a small change when you're in those moments what do you do to listen to yourself? And like, what does it actually feel like in your body when you're getting the messages that you know are coming from the part of you that wants the best for you? Yeah, so I think like we had talked about this, like when do you feel in alignment is kind of how you'd put it. So when I'm out of alignment with my like path or whatever you want to call it, I am like crawling out of my skin. Like it is the most uncomfortable feeling. And I was trying to think back of like, 
a significant time when this had happened. And it was actually, I was living in Tofino, oddly enough, and I was in a really terrible relationship and I was about to commit to it for another year. And I just had this feeling like, I was just like, Oh, this doesn't, something's not right. And I remember sitting out on the beach. I was at North Chesterman and I sat, I wouldn't have called it meditation at the time, but I guess it's what I was doing. I was breathing and I was like, okay, somebody give me some guidance. Like, what am I supposed to do? And the next day a friend called me and she was like, I have this position in Korea for you. If you want to move to Korea, you can do it. Like they're not even going to interview you. I'll recommend you. You can move there in four months. You'll make a lot of money, pay off your old traveling debt. Like it's a restart. And I like within 24 hours, I was like, yes, okay, let's do it. And it felt so good. It was like this weight off my shoulders and choosing that position ended my relationship with a guy I was seeing, made space for Mo to come into my life and essentially like changed everything. Like everything. I, you know, everything that I have now, I can trace back to that choice that like 24 hours and making what my mom thought was the most irrational decision <laughs> of like, yeah, sure. I'll move to Korea. No big deal. Um, but it changed everything. And I instantaneously knew it was the right thing. I felt comfortable. I felt at peace, even though I knew I had a lot to do to get ready to go there, that all felt easier than staying. And that's when I knew. And so I, when my body is like, when I'm crawling out of my skin, I know to listen. And I know that if I, if I put it out there and I say like, okay, what do I need to do to change this? It'll change. It might not be easy. There might be a lot of steps, but yeah. a big change, a big shift is coming. And on the other side, I know it's going to feel good. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well to make that it doesn't always feel good right away when you make some of those big decisions. Sometimes you immediately, like even when you get the feeling of that intuition around the decision that you're making, so you listen to that, it doesn't always feel like the euphoria maybe that you're expecting to feel like the clouds don't open up and there isn't singing birds. It's like, sometimes you're like, Oh fuck, this is real. And it's almost like, a, it's like lighter, but also grounded in full reality. Well, I had to go through a massive breakup Yeah, in, in the midst of all of this, right? Like I had to, to break somebody's heart, which felt very difficult. Um, and yeah, I moved to another continent, which is not easy. Um, no. But like also pretty typical of me at the time, had you known me at 25. Um, <laughs> people were not surprised that I did that. But um, yeah, it was like this instant relief followed by, oh, fuck, I got a lot to do to make this happen. And <laughs> like, it was worth it. It was, and like, it was 100%. like throughout the whole thing, you know, it, it's worth it to do. Yeah. I never, ever regretted it. I never looked back. I never questioned my decision. 
<clears throat> I, you know, people were like, you're fucking mental. And I was like, <laughs> that's your opinion. And, uh, and I moved forward and people thought my relationship with Mo was crazy because it was, we had only known each other for two weeks in person. And then I moved to Asia and we did long distance for 16 months. Um, that's but, such a mom thing to do, 16 months. It's not like a year <laughs> and a half. It's like 16 months. <laughs> it was like the longest 16 months, though, if you've ever been in a long-distance relationship. Um, but I was also committed on the back end of Korea. I was going traveling. I was like, there's no way I'm moving to Asia and then not traveling in Asia. And so I told Mo when I left, I was like, look, I signed this one-year contract and then I'm also going traveling and you can choose to travel with me, but if you don't, I'm still doing it. And um, and he was a champion and was like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you met Mo, he's, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, but yeah, that is like, that was like a pivotal moment in trusting my intuition was making that choice. And it's like I can still like feel that decision in my body. It was just so, so intense, and so I, I really, really learned to listen to it. Yeah, I, I, I just got this experience um, in the last month where I had that feeling. I think that you're talking about right now. It was so strong that I know now that I will know this feeling for the rest of my life. So yeah. I got to know myself so much more um yeah. and because of that uh people have asked me so like what are your next steps uh what are you going to be doing you know after you shut down the company and and I feel so comfortable for the first time in my life to say I don't really know right now yeah yeah and I can figure it out I've never felt I've always felt the pressure to have to say something or to have to to fill a space um I'm putting a lot of my creative energy into talking with amazing people like you and putting it out there for people to listen to if they want. And this is also part, I think, of why I am able to feel so comfortable in saying, I don't know. It's like when people were saying to you that maybe you were crazy for making your, that decision, whether it be with Mo or traveling, and you're like, oh, well, that's your opinion. You only have that kind of confidence in that way when you know that you're listening to yourself so intensely yeah and I wonder if everybody has to go through one of those moments in order to understand it or if some people have more of a propensity to being able to listen to themselves for myself I had clouded myself so much that I did not know whether it was like past me talking, one of my parents talking, you know, old familial trauma or generational trauma talking. I didn't know yeah. what voices were talking to me in my head by, by sure. the end of the day or old patterns. Um, yeah. But now I, it's so solid when I know it's me and I know it's the me that has the best, uh, my best interest at heart. For sure. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that is, is like we reconnecting with yourself and getting quiet um i remember so after i lived in korea i then moved to germany for a while um 
And I had a really hard time in Germany, actually. Towards the end, I had made, like, really good friends, and it was it was really fun. And I'm so grateful that I got to spend so much time with Mo's family and all of that. But I felt really disconnected from myself in Germany. It was a strange time. And I remember having a similar feeling the first night I got to Victoria. I went for a run down to the water. So I, like, landed in Victoria. Another very random decision to move. I had never been to Victoria before. I was like... Korea seems like a good place to live. So I moved here. Mo was still back in Germany um, because he hadn't gotten his PR yet. Um, so we were about to do another year of long distance. Um, and I landed. I ran down to the water. I was down at Dallas Road. It was nighttime. And I remember just standing at the fence looking at the ocean. And just it was that same feeling of like peace kind of washed over me. And you're like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, like, I haven't felt this myself in a year and a half. Like, like it's like I came home to my body. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been, like, working on being more in touch with myself since that and trying not to let myself get that disconnected again. Yeah, it's work. It's always work. Well, and then let's loop back around to the first thing that you said, what you're working on is being more present in every situation that you yeah. have. So um, I recommend Embody by Sisterhood Apothecary. Definitely. It's a good <laughs> one. I really like it. I hear I did it's a video good one. The other day. I hear it. Yeah, I hear it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> not only for your orgasms but also for your meditation yeah totally oh. i mean yeah those can all bundle up into one yeah multi-purpose. yeah exactly it's just another form of meditation is there anything else that you want to share today um no i just if you're if you're an entrepreneur out there uh, or if you're a mom you're like going through a hard time just know that we're all kind of going through it. I think that, you know, you and I have talked a lot about business and starting a business and people make it look really easy. Um, but just know it's, it's hard and it's up and down and, um, yeah, we're, we're all in it. And I just hope that you can ask for help or reach out to people like me or you, Chelsea, and ask questions and check in. And, you know, if you're having self-doubt, talk to other people that are doing the same thing as you and chances are they're going through it too. And there's, um, there's a lot of comfort in sharing experience. So ask for help, reach out, stick with it. If you know it's your path, stick with it. I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. That's the thing. I know women's health is where I'm supposed to be. It, like, when I get out of a consult, I'm, like, vibrating, you know? When, when clients message me and tell me they're feeling better for the first time, and, like, usually they feel more themselves for the first time in years, I'm, like, vibrating. I know this is where I'm meant to be. So just sticking with it through, through the hard times, through the lows, it's going to come back up again. I really love that. I think that's an amazing note to end on is that sometimes people make it look really easy and it's not easy. And even though they're making it look easy behind the scenes, we're all going through similar things with self-doubt or 
just trying to figure some of this shit out. The logistics aren't easy either. So community is so paramount. Definitely. Talk to people. People are way more open than you think they will be. Um, if you if you just ask them questions. I was recently talking to another nutritionist and she looks so successful. And right now she is she's gotten to the point where she's successful. But she was telling me in her like first two years of business she made like seven thousand dollars combined in her first two years and i was like i never would have guessed that from your social media i thought you had it all together like none of us have it together so (laughs) welcome to the club yeah welcome to the club everybody welcome here everybody's welcome here yeah bring us all yourself down we'll we'll match them yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll lift each other up and we won't doubt ourselves anymore Yes, acceptance and then rising up. Exactly. Okay, Maddie, it was so nice chatting with you tonight. Thank you so much for everything. So sisterhoodapothecary.ca and then how do people find Bitches and Barrels? So um, there's Bitches and Barrels on uh, Instagram and then Bitches and Barrels dot uh, com is our website Perfect. Um, there's like a rodeo rider that has the handle that we want on instagram and she's never responded to us when we tried to ask for it um so it's bitches and and barrels um and you can find both of bitches and barrels and sisterhood in my profile on Matt's and my yeah. awesome thank yeah. you so much thank you for having me my pleasure <laughs> Okay, thank you everybody for coming to chat with me and Madison. It was really nice hanging out with you guys and make sure to check out what Madison's up to if you want to be a part of a surf trip or if you want some of that embody picture. picture. Oh, okay. picture. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Right. Bye. As promised, here is your opportunity to take a moment to listen. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take a moment to pause. Just for one breath. Drop your shoulders. Remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth. Release some tension in your jaw. If you can, put your feet on the ground and inhale. And exhale. If you want to keep going on this break, you can keep consciously breathing. And if that's all the time you had, I'm so happy we got to take this opportunity to pause and get present and check in to see if there's anything that we're missing. 
there's any messages our body or our mind has for us. And just for this moment, give yourself some gratitude for actually taking the time. See you next week.